Welcome to another episode of Civic Cipher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. They call me Q Ward, and it just so happens to be my actual name, Ramses. What's up? What up, though? Everything. Um, big week. Massive week. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> oh, bro. oh, man. I know you was worried for a while. I was waiting to exhale. Bro. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, like Angela Bassett. I was waiting. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, man. Um, uh, the inauguration of America's 46th president, um, along with the star of the show. The first. Well, there was multiple stars. Well, you know the the, the main star. I'm talking about uh, Kamala Harris. Okay. Yeah. Because our former first lady was a star as well. Oh yeah, she saw. Was, she was doing. I don't know if you saw what <laughs> Shell was doing she was out doing there big in the streets, right bro. But, but she was a star as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, uh, I definitely want to um, uh, shout out a couple of people. Um, just because they worked really hard to make it happen And I know they're listening to us today So I wanted to say uh, uh, Congratulations to uh, Dr. Camilla Westenberg <clears throat> I want to say um, Congratulations to Janelle Wood um, Those two uh, you know, uh, First and foremost Because they, they worked really hard um, Out in the streets along with everyone else But those are close friends of the show That um, were really concerned about you know the the inauguration taking place and everything, and they worked really hard to see that come to fruition. So your efforts are appreciated by us younger folks, and uh, we appreciate you um, and thank you so much. Um, but in the studio, we have a very special guest. Now, I'm gonna tell a little story here. So as many of you know, uh, our show is based in Phoenix, um, and we live in Phoenix, and. Um, for those of you that have followed uh, my story uh, for any length of time, you know that, you know, I started in radio in 2005. Well, once upon a time, there was a uh, a friend of mine. His name was Bootleg Kev. Um, what well, was is Bootleg, <laughs> Bootleg Kev. Kev. You <laughs> feel me? So uh, Kevin, uh, I, I met Kev when he was three years old. I was seven. So we grew up together. Um, that's my little brother forever. And uh, once upon a time, we came across a CD, right? And the CD was by a guy named Atlas. And the name of the song was called Hood Famous. Now, the reason that that stood out um, to Kevin, Bootleg Kev, at the time he might have been 13, maybe 12, 13, somewhere now. The reason he loved that CD so much is because that CD represented... Um, an independent uh, album, you know, or single. I, I think we, I had a single, um, but it was independent. It was independent music being pressed on the streets of Phoenix, Arizona. Kevin loved it. He turned me on to it, and the song was dope. Hood famous. I still, I still know the mel melody. I still know bars. Um, so that uh, getting getting our hands on that piece of music uh really inspired me and kevin to really make a go at the music industry and and hopefully one day having music pay our bills um which is how we ended up getting into radio and getting up into uh, djing and so forth but you know that was kind of part of the nexus was coming across that cd so um the man behind that that music atlas um you know as these things go he ended up becoming a real good friend of mine 
and becoming a real good friend of Civic Cipher. So this is, you know, maybe we're knocking on 20 years later, right? Um, the thing is, Atlas, you know, grew up as we all we all have. And Atlas had a little boy. And Atlas's little boy is making noise too. And we are very, very fortunate to have Atlas's son. Not a little boy anymore. Not at all. He's a grown <laughs> any man. <laughs> but Atlas's son is with us in the studio, and his name is Atlas. How you doing, brother? Doing good, and you? I'm great, man. You got that powerful voice. Listen, man. <laughs> all right, man. I like that. Um, and you're not just in here to hang out with us. You're in here for a very special reason because, um, well, first I want to talk about your dad because I think that helps frame sort of what you're doing. Okay, so I know your dad is really into education. Obviously, um, the Million Dollar Teacher Project is one of the sponsors for Civic Cipher. Um, not only that, <clears throat> Atlas is very influential um, when it comes to uh, the black agenda. Um, he's, a, he's a very powerful voice, in at least in the city where we live. Um, but now that he has a national stage with the Million Dollar Teacher Project, his voice carries even further. And he um, absolutely is motivated to see, obviously, um, you know, a better world for all people. But, you know, he, like many of us and many people listening to my voice right now, recognize that there's there are special um, issues and and there are more. uh, There's more immediate threats, if you will, um, or or hindrances to progress uh, that are present in the black community. So growing up with uh a father like that you know it's it it makes perfect sense to me that you would end up you know exactly the way you are (laughs) so anyway you're here to talk to us today about seed yes so so let's so talk to the people what's seed uh so initially um seed stands for students engaged in ethical donations um and so what seed is it is the first youth giving circle within arizona but i'm pretty sure well we're all pretty sure that is the first all black youth giving circle within the United States, maybe even the world. And so essentially what that is, is, um, you know, it's a bunch of African-American males um, from the ages of 16 to 21. Um, and they all pitch together um, through donations from like from within the organization and external donations from people who support us just um, based on word of mouth or whatever the case may be. And um, we use that we use those funds and we disperse it back into the community. Um, we give out grants and other types of um, financial support towards organizations that are either student led or student based within um, within Arizona. So that to me sounds like a scholarship. Is it is it a scholarship or is it more than a scholarship? Um, I wouldn't say it's a sco- well. I guess you could kind of say it is like like a scholarship in a way. Um, the whole process kind of goes with the organization kind of presenting to us what they would exactly use the funds for some like an application for a scholarship. Okay. And then, you know, we'll grant them the scholarship money. So, yeah. So, so, so it's a, it's a fund that, um, you'll use to support, um, like businesses or, or efforts or undertakings or all, uh, all of the above. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know what why why did you feel like this was important why did you create seed um so i created seed because you know seeing my dad as, as you mentioned you know growing up around him and him being very 
for the people um it was just naturally just to be you know be bestowed into me and so um throughout like my childhood i've always been you know doing things such as like community service hours where i'm at sorry where i'm at, at like a food bank um you know like donating food and packaging food packages and stuff like that but you know as i grew older um and i kind of got a more mature sense of the world i kind of noticed that even though the work that i was doing was good and was you know beneficial um it was on a small scale and so i kind of realized that there are initiatives out there that are kind of pursuing change and are doing things to enable change but may not have the necessary funds to do so so um so instead of you know me taking on the task myself of just you know going out every Sunday it's like to a homeless shelter and feeding those people I realized especially with my dad having his own nonprofit that you know money definitely goes a long way with nonprofits and and other like justice type organizations and so um so the whole premise behind it was just understanding that you know instead of me you know personally being out in the field doing it I mean, in a group of, of, of guys can just be in the background, be behind the curtains and just run the show like that. And, you know, just kind of make our influence be felt within the community just by just by giving out the grants. You are an inspiring person. <laughs> Thank you. I try my best. How about that? How old are you? Uh, I'm 19. Huh. You are leaps and bounds ahead of where I was at 19, young man. <laughs> so listen, um. On this show, uh, we, we very much believe in community service. Now, people that listen to us, obviously, you know, will be able to make that connection just yeah. because of the, the, the format of the program here. But um, Q and I, we actually have a nonprofit and we've um, we've had we've put on an event for uh, 10 years now, something like that. This September will be year nine, nine years. OK, OK, so knocking on 10 years we're pretty close. Um, and, uh, our, our nonprofit is called the change society and we do an event, um, monthly when it's, you know, when it's safe, yeah. um, called hashtag lunch bag. So, you know, um, that's something that we're really proud of. I think that we had an estimation that we had fed like some like 50,000 people or something okay. in total. In the um, organization that we, that we're partnered with. Living through giving, based out of Los Angeles, California. Shouts to my boy AJ, yeah, who founded and started hashtag Lunchbag through our national and global partners. We're well over a million people fed. Right, right. Okay. So, um, you know, this is something that's kind of been in our hearts. Yeah. But I will say that if we started when we were nineteen, man, <laughs> listen, that's a whole other level. So, I mean. <laughs> I know that this is our first time sitting down together, but I will say that I'm proud of you. Thanks. So, um, how do you see uh, seed growing? Like, what's you know the the growth potential for this project? Yeah. So, um, within the first five years, um, I do want to stay local mm-hmm. and just kind of build our kind of reputation around the community within Arizona. But immediately after that fifth year, right into the sixth year, I do want to start branching out towards you know other states because there are there are other organizations um that operate that that there are other sorry there are other given circles out there Mm -hmm. um that would be eager to really connect with us and really any given circle and so definitely just building our network and our connections globally um it would definitely be the next step and that's perfect because you know i'm only 19 and so i'll have 
two to three two to three years left within the organization before I have to move on. And so within those two to three years, I can start working and, and kind of manifesting, building those connections outside of Arizona. Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, and I'm guessing that your your dad helped you make seed. Yeah. So um, so I'm a co-founder. Uh, the other co-founder, Jaden, he wasn't able to make it tonight. But both of our dads, they really helped us um, with the origination of seed. Okay. Awesome. Um, now just, just so we're like a little bit more familiar outside of seed, you know, what, are, what do you do? What are you involved in? Yeah. So I am currently a sophomore at ASU, um, a major in architecture and real estate with a minor in business. Um, go ahead. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, there's that I'm also, uh, I'm involved in Greek life. I'm the vice president of membership for my fraternity. Um, shout out to your fraternity. Sigma Tau Gamma at ASU, one of the best chapters on campus. Let them know. <laughs> um, and besides that, kind of just school work. Um, you know, I'm kind of into YouTube, so I, I, I somewhat have a YouTube channel going on. Okay. Um, you know, I work out, things like that, but uh, that's about it. Well, let's you know, let's 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 make sure that we we plug you the right way. We got a we got a full show to do, so if if you will hang out with us, but let's 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 plug you the right way. So, where can people go to find out more about Seed, and where can people go to find out about you, like your YouTube and so forth? For sure. Um. So for Seed, um, we only- I'm assuming you need donations, support, all that sort yeah. of stuff too. So make sure you ask for it because you know we got to ask for it. So yeah. if you need money, hey. Now's the time. Thank you. Yes, sir. So, um, so for Seed, uh, we only have an Instagram right now. Um, it is Seed Philanthropy. Um, that's it. Within that Instagram account, you'll be able to see all of our members. You'll be able to keep up with us, keep updates with who we're supporting and things like that. Um, and within our Instagram, um, within our bio, we have the link to our website. Uh, it's azreap.org slash seed. And through that link, you'll be able to give us donations or you can actually sign up and become a member if you or someone that you know will be interested in seed. Um, and for me personally, uh, my Instagram is at Soldiers World and my YouTube is KMT Soldier. Um, yeah. OK. And don't forget money. Money yes. is what we we need to part with. If we're going to empower and support properly these yes. sorts of initiatives we we have to invest in the change in the changes that we want to see so atlas is here he's asking for your support you you hear my voice you hear his voice one more time where can they find it you can find um you can find our donation link or member sign up link at azreap.org seed and anything really helps um it doesn't need to be two thousand dollars even though we would love two thousand dollars it could be twenty dollars you found in around ten dollars five dollars regardless of what it is it doesn't go into my pockets or any of the members pockets it goes right back into the community and we put it towards a great cause and that that instagram one more time was what seed philanthropy and just straight out no underscores no numbers or anything like that perfect so at seed philanthropy on instagram, instagram yep. okay so you heard it again seed philanthropy on that instagram. support okay <laughs> i hope y'all paying attention to how polished this young man is man he's doing his thing man okay <laughs> i like I, this is our first time sitting together i'm proud of you Thank i'm you. very proud of you please keep going man that that makes my heart happy if i find the time machine i'm taking atlas with me back to <laughs> when i was his age yeah, getting I, need, together. I need friends like you <laughs> um so yeah uh once again if you're if you're just tuning in to civic cypher i'm your host ramses yeah they call me q ward and uh another thing that we wanted to talk about you don't mind hanging out with us do you atlas oh no okay yeah another thing we wanted to talk uh, about was this week um so one of the i want i want to start because i want to i want to you know, I want you, Q, to talk to me about the inauguration because I didn't get to see it. And this is our first time kind of going over. But I do want to say this. 
Um, this will be the last time <laughs> I Amen. say Amen. this name. Amen. If God is with me, if I if, if nothing else happens, this will be the last time I say it on purpose. Okay. Um, I work in media. I've worked in media since I graduated from college. I worked in media for sixteen years now. Um, been on the radio that long. We have a responsibility to, you know, to the truth. We have a responsibility to report, you know, even though I've worked in hip hop formats and, you know, done that sort of a thing. You know, when you have a platform and, and your voice, you know, reaches lots of people, you, there's a fundamental responsibility there. We're all in agreement there. Yes. Yes. Um, but also with that comes the acknowledgement that there's some power. You can, you can shape the narrative. It can be true, but you can put your own spin on it. Yes. And I think that we can see that happening in, in all media formats. Yeah. So far be it for me to tell anyone else how to do what it is that they do, you know, um, to, to have a platform and to have a voice that carries and people that tune in every week. That's a gift. Um, it's not one that I take lightly, but for me, for this show, um, I think that this will be the last time that I talk about Donald Trump. Um, um, unless something else crazy happens, I feel like giving power to that evil uh, continues to drag his name into our now is our future. This is the future that we hope for. So I'm calling it. This is the future. So we don't need the past, especially that part of it in the future. Now, I recognize that that was something we had to grow through, you know, everything in context. But in terms of just picking on them, you know, I'm not a buzzard. So, you know, that's dead. I'm going to let that be dead. Um, But with that said, where we are right now, we have to understand what happened to fully appreciate what's happening or what has happened at the inauguration. So this is my commitment. Um, for those of you that follow me on Facebook, you might have seen me talk about that earlier in the week um, or however it goes. But, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, there's a lot of us that, you know, really feel like that past administration was toxic. Um, let's put to it mildly. To say the least. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I, you know, I broke my own rules, you know, because I, I said, you know, you know, we got to everything, you know, in moderation and context, you know, you're not supposed to block people just because they have different political opinions from you. You have to teach them. You have to grow with them. They're still your brothers and your sisters, your countrymen. You have to share, you know, you have to share time and space with these people. No, I'm not about to let you go out like that. Listen, man, I done blocked like four or five people already this week. <laughs> yeah. So, but, and we talked about this know, on the show before, you were not blocking those people because they voted Republican and you voted Democrat. No, that was because we have a lot of friends over our entire adult lives sure. that have done that and it hasn't sure. been an issue sure. because we just had differences in political beliefs yeah this was different very different and if you can't acknowledge that this was different it's because there's something in yourself that you're ashamed to admit so you rather fight with us on it mm. this was not about politics Mm-mm. this was about basic human decency humanity and bigotry and racism and and i think that we said it we said it best when we had uh that episode that um you know in this instance and in all instances but you know your politics is a reflection of your morals and your character 
you know, and they don't have to necessarily be in alignment with mine. But if they stand in contrast to mine, if direct. Yeah. If, if your if your political ideology is rooted in my subjugation or the subjugation of my brothers and sisters from, you know, of of. Uh, Mexican descent or whatever it is, you know we could we could slice this pie a hundred ways then um, you know I think that that's a reflection of your character and so yes my block, bu- block button absolutely works and I had the chance to uh, exercise it a few times this week but with that said that's enough empowering the past I would like to know what your thoughts were of the inauguration Q Ward um hmm. I had some unexpected joy today talk to me so, and and there might be some people that share this opinion, but I know that I was not, I didn't jump up and down when Joe Biden became the candidate who I was going to have to yeah, vote I don't, for. Yeah, I don't think that was what he was for. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've been very much against, and I, I didn't realize it until today, you know, and once again, watching another inauguration, um, but this time, for the first time as a father. With both of my mixed children Mm. Um, It was just a different experience Than I expected I did not expect to be overjoyed today Because in a year In the year of George Floyd There's some Discouraging truths in the idea That as the world was watching As the microscope was on us And as we were garnering Levels of empathy And participation from our allies That in my lifetime I had not seen before I was Kind of disappointed that There's some parts of my mind That say this is as good as it's going to get And this isn't good enough Like the most sympathy you get From your mom, from your girlfriend, from your friends Are like right after you just got beat up <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> your girlfriend hugs you tight. Your mom puts some ice on it. Gonna make your favorite meal. You know what I mean? Like the people that care about you. And I, that was funny, but I didn't mean it to be. But when you're sick, when you're down, when you're at the bottom, the people that care give you the most sympathy. You know, I had meningitis years ago. The most, I got messages from people that I I realized they love me because of how they responded to me being in peril. George Floyd's murder and the visual of him being murdered caused a lot of people who otherwise have made excuses or justified or whatever their reasoning was to respond in a different way. And that's why you might have saw the largest global civil rights movement ever. Right? That that his murder was a catalyst for that. Mm-hmm. However, you look around today, you look around to, you know, a couple of Wednesdays ago and you're like, wow, even as you continue to see our brothers and sisters being shot and murdered and beat for looking like us and that being the reason something in me said, man, like even after that, this is st- like it's still this. Because it doesn't get better Like Once I got back healthy I wasn't getting the same amount of text I wasn't getting the same amount of phone calls I was still calling you Of course you were But you know <laughs> That That that. As people see you recharge and get back strong It's like okay he good now 
yeah. Right. So as soon as we start smiling and start walking back up, right? Oh, they good now. Mm-hmm. That sympathy, that empathy, that participation, those allies, they they fade, and it's like man. In the year of George Floyd, like the summer of George Floyd, just having passed, you know, this this inauguration just having passed and our first <laughs> the first black woman to hold office in the White House. The first woman to hold office in the White House was a black woman. Super powerful as I'm holding my my mixed black daughter in my in my arms. I'm feeling real, real proud dad as I'm watching that. But I was prepared to be discouraged by all these things. And then Joe started talking. And Joe started saying things. Please forgive me. The president started saying things. I'll never call you Joe again, President Biden, if you're hearing me. (laughs) President Biden started to say the things that our nation absolutely needed to hear. But that I was certain that I didn't want to hear. Right. About working together with them, about unifying, about, Mm. you know, let's. And I'm like, what's with this meet me in the middle stuff? Yeah. They just showed us year after year, month after month, week after week, day after day. They don't care about us. They they rather see us die than disrupt, than, than to make life inconvenient for them. Why are we going to such lengths to extend these olive branches and work with these people who 14, 16 days ago would have tried to kill you if they could? Actively. Right. Except I realized as he kept saying it, it wasn't just like a part of his speech. This is how this man really feels, that that's what we need. The opposite of Donald Trump would not have been for President Biden to say the exact same things, except on On our side. side. To have that same divisive rhetoric, to to have that same us against them mentality that I, I wanted him to have that. though I wanted him to be juiced up and ready for as much smoke as possible <laughs> <laughs> until I realized I was being a hypocrite. Yeah, I was just like those people who in their minds justifiably stormed the Capitol because they were being wronged. I was essentially saying, well, no, we should storm the Capitol now because we were wronged. And President Biden is saying over and over again, like, we should all be done with that mess, that nonsense and that toxicity. Because there is no way forward not together. If he kept that same energy just with the other point of view, four years later, we'd still be sitting in the same spot. Yeah. So, you know, and then our sister showed out, Mm. you know, Vice President Harris showed out you know uh our former first lady our forever first lady (laughs) michelle obama (laughs) she showed out bro (laughs) and then i want to make sure i'm saying this young lady's name correctly because amanda gorman the brilliant poet laureate who did the inaugural poem today showed out so these brilliant queens again as i'm holding my little girl I was I was overjoyed. I drove over here singing with no music on in my car and I wasn't singing out loud, but I was rocking like I, I drove to the studio in that same spirit, carrying that same energy because we discourage ourselves from being happy because we're waiting on the other shoe to fall. Like, don't even get too excited because um, I've heard a lot of he's just like every other politician talk. I've heard a lot of 
you know, all of the things on his agenda won't be done. Of course they won't. That's how our government has always worked. Let's be honest about that. But having the right ideals, even if you can't execute the plan, matters. Wanting to unite us and push us all forward for the better of everybody is how you're supposed to feel, whether or not you filibustered or whether or not you're able to carry out every bullet point on your agenda. The intention matters. The desire to matters. It sets and the cultural tone. Yeah. It was the whole thing was very, very positive, full of joy, full of love and full of the energy to unite us. I'm hoping that he doesn't get the same pushback. That I wanted him to give them Before I started watching The inauguration Well the good news is that You know As divisive as the uh, Previous administration was um, It really galvanized um, A lot of us You know a lot of us um, uh, Independents Of course liberals And conservatives even You know the, the Lincoln, was it the Lincoln Project or whatever? It was a bunch of Republicans that were like, yo, this dude is not, he does not represent Republican ideals. So we're voting against him or we're voting so that he can, you know, we can unseat him. Um, <clears throat> you know, galvanized us, got us all on the same page. And, you know, you know, here we are. So, you know, it's, it's amazing what we can accomplish when we do come together. Um and you know another result of that is that you know now there's a democratic um leaning uh house of representatives as well as a democratic leaning senate so that's all three major branches of or as there's still the the supreme court um but you know there's ways around that too if people wanted to really get in there and do the most which is something that I probably would do if I was in that place because, you know, that's just such a scary thing to have gone through as a country just to know that these people that, you know, a lot of people are going to take issue with what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it how I say it. <clears throat> these people that bless their heart are given to fear. They think that the world, their world is changing, that they're lo- they're going to lose or somehow, you know, the, they think the world is as black and white as it is in their mind. If you do this, then this. If you do that, then that. Everything else is just what it is. And, and that static world to them makes sense. And, you know, this pre- the previous administration was able to speak to their fears and so forth and, and tap into that fear and rile them up against decency norm you know like uh, uh standards you know their their countrymen um you know and it, you just gave them everything that they needed and so you know i i i've said it before on the show i do feel bad for the people that kind of fell into that and I, I know how now that i'm older now that i've traveled the country i've talked to these people you know obviously in order to be in this position um, you know, I can't just be in here like, yeah, so this is my way and that's the way it is. Um, well, I can, but that's not really the right way to do this type of show, you know? So, uh, you know, I always hold a little bit of space for forgiveness and, and there's a seat at the table for people that don't agree with me, provided that we can all be respectful. But, you know, this previous administration, it's like getting out of an abusive relationship. You know what I mean? It's like, we like, oof, you know, it just, 
anything that's not that so absolutely um but uh you know and it was important that we recorded the show today you know normally we record the show you know at airtime <laughs> but we had to record nah, it today just because I, I reached out and i'm like listen <laughs> i just first of all i had i saw a movie yesterday that had me in in my emotional space mm-hmm. right i saw it for the third time yesterday by the way i called you and told you that and then after how i was feeling after i watched the inauguration i'm like bro we got to talk like now i yeah. need <laughs> i need a microphone on like earlier yeah. So so forgive like two hours ago. <laughs> so forgive the the delay in in receiving this message. But um, but yeah, that brings me to the you know the next part of it. Which by the way, if you're just tuning in to Civic Cipher, I'm your host Ramses Ja. They call me Q Ward, and shout out to our esteemed guest. Like I might start looking up to this kid, and he's <laughs> a full decade and some change younger than me. Uh, the young scholar, Mister Atlas. Yes, sir. Um, but. Uh, well, before we move on, because I do want to talk about the movie. In fact, that's part of the reason why we needed to sit down today. Um, Atlas, did you get a chance to take anything in from the inauguration? Did it, you know? Yeah. Um, so sadly, I had class today, um, so I wasn't able to watch the full thing. But I was able to see a few highlights and all that. Okay. And my initial takeaways. Um, I'm really not like a huge like politics guy. Um, I do find it important, but like you won't see me like watching CNN like twenty four seven or anything like that. You gotta go to school. I yeah. Um, but one of my main one of my main takeaways from that was definitely seeing Kamala Harris up there, um, just because I guess for me personally, I kind of cemented the idea that at this point or like at this rate, really anything is possible. Um, like for for our people, um, I really hope that you know my younger sister, my younger cousins, um, they probably weren't watching, but Hopefully they see her when they get older as an example that, you know what, growing up in a world where people say you really can't do anything, you can't do this, you can't do that. They see her as an example as, well, they're all wrong. You can do whatever you put your mind to. Absolutely. Um, And definitely seeing Kamala Harris up on stage, um, like solidified the idea that, not even that, but kind of just, you know, strengthened the notions of like enabling us as a people, like. Kamala Harris is a product of, you know, Martin Luther King and all of our grandparents fighting like for our rights way back in the day. Kamala Harris is a product of even the the horrible things that are happening before then and 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 that lead up to today. And Kamala Harris is, in a way, not to like brag about seed, but like Kamala Harris, kind of um, like solidifies the idea of seed actually being a thing. You know, just like you wouldn't expect, you know, a 19 year old African American You know College kid To do something like this Or even A, a, um, a high schooler And, and a co-founder be Doing something like this But I mean Against all odds and, and, and in the world Where we are marginalized You know They're still trying to find a way To actually make their voice heard And make Their impact The way that they want to So I, I found that Part about it Specifically um, Powerful Couple things <clears throat> Uh, you should always brag about seeds. Listen, this is the place for that. I almost knocked both of y'all over to say that. You should always. If you don't brag about seed, we're going to. But yeah. you absolutely should. We're very proud of you. Absolutely. You. Which, one more time, how can people support seed? Where can they find out more information? Right now, we only have an Instagram account. It is at seed philanthropy on Instagram. There is no, um, no underscores, no numbers, nothing like that. Just seed straight out. Um, our website is azreap.org slash seed. 
um, on that website. You can either donate to us, um, anything helps, or you can become a member if you know a cousin, a nephew, a son that you feel would be a good fit for the program, or you feel like he would benefit a lot for the program. We're always taking new members. So that is azreap.org slash seed for our website and seed philanthropy on Instagram for our actual account. Absolutely. And um, the, the main thing that seed is in need of is money. Yes. Invest in the future. All right. So um, especially that kind of future. Yeah, that's the, that's what we're talking about. Um, so shifting gears a little bit. Q Ward. You wanted me to watch a movie. Because I have sons. Let's talk about this movie. Yes, please. Let's. So the name of the movie is American Skin. Um, and I, I recognize that maybe some folks haven't seen it yet. I know it's not a new movie, but the way that the world is right now. Actually, it was in festivals a little bit ago, but it's new to the normal the normal viewer or consumer it just right. became but, available but, a few days ago okay so but i'm saying like it's not like today's the days like you know so some people might have already been able to oh watch yes it, sir what I'm yes 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 so um but there's a lot of people that may not have been able to watch it yet so i'm gonna do my best to tell you what the movie's about without giving away any spoilers but basically um it is a story this is a a work of fiction um and it chronicles it's like documentary style filming but it chronicles uh a man who was pulled over for a traffic stop um he had his 14 year old son in the car with him i have a 15 year old son so this is why q wanted me to watch it right and like I cried like probably like six times during the movie so this is tough man because you know you can see a lot of stuff and you you know anyway so it's a traffic stop you know we all know the story traffic stop you know you gotta reach in the glove box you know do this and the third officer gets scared little kid ends up getting shot so this man sees his son get shot in the street and um you know everything that comes after that uh the city is looking to you know um or rather the people are looking to get a conviction like a murder conviction from you know this uh this child's murder at the very least to have charges brought against the officer who murdered the young man right and when that doesn't happen uh the father ultimately this this i'm I'm giving you the real quick and dirty version of the movie you really have to watch it again american skin but after the uh the verdict comes back and that the officer won't be charged um the father decides that he's going to um take the police hostage and he does it he actually does it and then he um liberates temporarily at least some folks in the jail that are on the premises and conducts a fair trial and the the prisoners and you know some normal folks that happen to be at the police station at the time they serve as the jury um the officer who shot his son is the accused 
and another police officer defends that officer, you know, working as a lawyer. And, uh, you know, they have a, a, a secondary trial. Um, and, you know, the rest of the story plays out. And so what we end up seeing is what that looks like from both sides. And, and one thing that I thought was very important about this movie is that it really if you don't know what it's like to live in fear of the police um it helps you to see what life is like living in fear of the police um if you don't know what it's like to feel like you have no voice at the table you know you just have to kind of take everything on the chin um you know it helps to explain what that's like you know a lot of people they feel like they can talk back to the police a lot of people feel like, well, I'm entitled to my dignity. That's not something that that black people have, you know, as standard in this country. Dignity goes right out the window. What do you need, officer? Okay, you want me to, you know, what did what did Dave Chappelle say? Uh, sp- uh, spread my cheeks and lift my sack. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, because it's a matter of life and death. Um, but uh, this movie kind of helps, you know. Uh, provide a window into what that experience is like but another thing this movie does is it gives a voice to the officers and you know no matter what your persuasion is you know on this side of the argument of black lives matter versus blue lives matter as if there was such a thing perpetuated by us on our end the black lives matter folks uh, for those who are unclear um you know, uh, it helps to know what it is that the officers go through as well. Um, one thing that I will say, and you know, you know me, you, you listen to me every week. Um, and if you don't, you probably know me anyway. You might know me from TV or something else, but you know, I'm a, I'm a good person. But one thing that I'll never not be is black. If you've ever seen me, you've seen my hair and that speaks volumes. I got a big old afro. So do my babies. Um, and that's that's deliberate. You know, I wear it on TV. It's on the billboards, on the magazines, everywhere I go. Except for that one time when I had it straightened. You didn't like that. Yeah, you was rocking the, uh, the Princey Kravitz. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, again, it's important to know that, you know, there's, a, there's another side to this. There are people who, they do wake up, they put on a uniform, they you know, go out there and they, they feel like what they're doing is making a difference. Their job is to protect the good guys from the bad guys, as it were. Um, they, you know, you can't see the forest from the trees. So it's very difficult to see a broken system when you're in it and it appears to be working from your vantage point. Um, your motivation therefore is to defend it because it's, what you know uh, this person was bad that person was bad this is a casualty that's the cost of this thing that we're doing in fact they talked about that in the film um you know uh there's this this opinion that you know um in the in the movie it explores it that black people are constantly reaching for things to to spin a narrative to make everyone else the problem except for black people um and the film discusses that you know, and for those of us that know, for those of us who have been educated, for those of us who know our history and understand how things came to be, 
you know, our, our, we didn't just click on in 1990 or 1985 or whenever we were born. Um, we've done the research and we've seen that the world was not always like this, that things like mass incarceration, things that were, that were um, perpetuated or initiated by our own government that have disproportionately affected black people from housing uh, to, you know, from the 13th Amendment to uh, redlining to, you know, uh, crack uh, in the 80s and, and you know, mass incarceration and, and so forth that know the history of it. Those are things that were done to black people specifically. Um, you know, those are things there were there were things discussed in the movie that made me want to throw up in my mouth. But I needed to hear them because I understand now. Um, and I and I did. But, you know, to, to, to see the dramatization of it. Um, that people really feel that way. People, these people have no idea. They really do think, okay, you guys are just horrible people. And if you stop being horrible people, then all these problems will stop happening. Um, which is exceptionally short-sighted, but it's fair if that's all you know. And, and the thing is, if you come to the table with a little bit of compassion as a black man, and you understand, okay, my brother doesn't know as much as I do, my Caucasian brother doesn't know as much as I do. And, and there was a Hispanic man in the, in the movie, too, and he was super cop. He was, like, copped out. Did you see the part? Well, all right, I'm going to spoil this. <laughs> he, was, he was Mississippi State Trooper cop. Yeah, like that. Okay. For those of you that listen to the show, you might get that reference. When me and Q got pulled over in Mississippi. But, and you have to warn people if you're going to spoil a movie they haven't seen. You got to, like. Okay, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just speak around it. But there's a scene where this, this Hispanic officer talks to an inmate who's also Hispanic. Right? And the the inmate was speaking Spanish, and my Spanish no subtitles too. That's none, important. None. You could not hear what he what you could if you don't speak Spanish, you can't understand. Fortunately, I can speak a little bit of Spanish, so I got un, un poquito, un poco. See, si. pero um, I understood a little bit about what he was saying, right? But it didn't matter because the tone never lost his cool. And you see the officer gets so upset and so riled up. He's like, you think you're better than me? This and that and that. And, and so this movie really tackles <clears throat> um, how two people can be in the same race and on two different sides of the same issue, which speaks to the institutional nature of the racism, not the racism per se, right? Um, you know, uh, this is not spoiling anything, but the captain of the police force was black. And so a lot of the officers felt like, well, the captain's black, so we can't we it's impossible for us to be racist. We work with this guy every day. We love this guy. You know what I mean? And you can see that there is a disconnect between, you know, them living their life and the real world, the real people that are affected by the decisions that they make. You know, and so <clears throat> this film did an excellent job of telling a story beginning to end from both sides. Um, now, obviously, the, the film, it, it, it's, it's, it's written and directed by a black person. So that's going to be present in the film. You're going you're gonna to see that it's, it's, a, it's from a black perspective um, and it's a black story. Um, we all know that we we see it played out on on CNN and on, on our cell phones every few weeks when someone else is murdered in the streets. And those are just the stories we hear about. Um, but it speaks to the fear that this country has when 
interacting with black people, black men especially. There's just fear there. You know? Um, and even though there's nothing to be afraid of, it's just built into the conversation. So people can make decisions based on a fear that's rooted in racism. And these people don't see the connection to, from their behavior to racism. But those of us on this side can absolutely see it. There's no reason to be afraid. I'm a man with a beating heart, same as you. I want to go home to my babies, you know, and you get to go home to your babies. And so um, this isn't just an endorsement of the film, although that is definitely that um, you should definitely watch American Skin. Um, I don't know if it's free yet, but pay for it. Support support this man. He made the movie himself. I think it was uh, direct or was it direct? Produced? Written, directed, and starring Nate Parker. Okay, and Spike um, Lee did. Something. Spike Lee is definitely one of the one of the producers. producers partnered okay. up with Nate. Um, please, I don't want to cut you off. Just no, 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 no. So, so here is where I want to shift because my understanding is that this film has received some. There, there's been an issue with. Um, how how the the film has been received, and I think you can speak to that. So before speaking to that, I want to kind of piggy piggyback off of what you said. Sure. Uh, again, this is Civic Cipher with the esteemed Ramses Ja. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Q Ward, and that just so happens to be the name my mama gave me. My mom is typically in here watching this. I'm surprised that she's not at some point. I'm sure she will be because she be on Ramses' case. And I got my, my young scholar over here, Atlas. Say what's up to the people. What's going on, Atlas Hopkins? Um, the idea that they fear us, bro. I'm, I know how I behave when I'm afraid. Yeah. And I know how we were treated by those officers in the middle of the night in Mississippi on the side of the highway. Oh, that was one time in our life. Happens that's all the time. <laughs> that's not how I treat people when I'm afraid of them. Yeah, that's you get what fair. I'm saying. I think fear is a very convenient excuse to explain why you just killed something. Right? I was afraid that it was going to kill me, so it's now justified. But I know how. Like I'm afraid of my mother. <laughs> I know how I <laughs> steal. I'm super grown. I'm scared that if her if her tone twitch a little bit, I'm scared. Yeah. Like literally, <laughs> physically afraid. Right. So I know how fear causes me to respond. Sure. And they don't respond to us like they're afraid of us. They respond to us like they're intolerable, like they're fed up, like the way exterminators treat rodents. When you call the exterminator to come to your house, they're not afraid of them. They're going to get rid of them without prejudice. Wow. That's how they treat us. Not like they're scared of us. Like if we went on a safari... In Africa, we was in a truck with no ropes, no bars, no, <laughs> and a lion walked up, and we were afraid. You know what I'm saying? That fear is different. Yeah, yeah I think that's just a very, very convenient excuse for them to justify the attempt at extermination. And that might sound like extreme language, but watch the videos that get posted every few days. Right, it's hard to fear the man running away from you, or hard to explain that that's fear. If you've seen a trailer for this movie, American Skin, written, directed, 
starring Nate Parker. When you watch the trailer, even in the trailer, you see that his son is retreating from the officer. It's hard to tell me that you were scared of that kid. Besides the fact that he was 14, besides the fact that you already know that it's a cell phone and not a gun, because he tried to say he might have been reaching for a gun, but you already know it's not. Besides those obvious truths, he's retreating from you. So it is very, very hard to convince me that that was out of fear, right? right. Your, your job is to protect and serve, but who? Like, in this country, our military and our police are voluntary. People are not drafted into these positions, right? So if you sign up to protect and serve, it's to protect and serve the citizens, not yourself and each other. Because you hear that as justification, too. I wanted to make it home to my family. And those officers are in such a dangerous job. They signed up for that job. Their lives on the line to protect ours is the whole point. So you're going to murder me so that you can go home. I'm unarmed on my phone. You're the trained officer with the weapon. So kind of miss me a little bit with your fear. You were asking me about the way that the movie was rated and received. I'm sorry for that rant, but can I before some we of get that, there? Some of that stuff there. triggers me, man. No, no, go ahead. The fear ahead. stuff. So, so talk about the ratings. How how it was received? No, what's up? So, all right, I'll I'll speak on it. Um, well, first, then, if if I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna say this. Fear, super convenient, but you're absolutely right, Q. Um, it doesn't tell the whole story. Fear. With a gun, fear plus a gun plus a lack of respect for black life. Um, a lack of empathy. Sure. And, um, you know, I think that a lot of times there's, you, you become like, to a, uh, to, to a man with a hammer, the world becomes a nail or everything in the world becomes a nail or something like that. Um <clears throat> If you end up telling yourself a story that everybody needs to obey you because you're the authority, as soon as people don't do things exactly the way that you want, then, you know, um, you end up, uh, your your ego is bruised and you need to prove a point or what, whatever the story is. And you just end up being bullies. And that's what it is. And people pay with their lives because you have a God complex and a gun. Um, so this is something that we do know. And it's 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 more than fear. But. It's very much rooted in that because you don't grab your gun until you're afraid, generally speak, or until you feel disrespected. You know what I mean? Unless when you arrived <laughs> as the exterminator, <laughs> you, you, okay. you arrived with the intent to exterminate. Now, let me say this um, before we get out of here. Um, I need about 45 seconds to speak no, on that rating course. before we get out of here, too. Of course. I'm gonna, that's what we're going to talk about. But um, I saw a, a video today. This was from Tucson, Arizona. Um, and there was a woman who walked into a Lowe's Ventana Canyon Resort in Tucson. I actually been to this place. She walked in and sat down in the lobby. And there was a lady, white lady next to her who didn't like her sitting there. So asked her to move. You know, it was a little bit of back and forth, but nothing crazy. The woman got up, walked to another table, sat at the other table woman was still upset because the black lady didn't leave so she called the police the police came took the black lady out in handcuffs mm. and no the whole time you can see on the video the, the, the white woman she's older Karen 
screaming, belligerent. She's been drinking. Of course, she's been hanging out down there, whatever. Just didn't like the fact that there was a black woman in there spoiling her fun. Police came and they take the black woman away. Um, and the, the crazy part about it is the police were there asking what happened or asking witnesses, everything. What was happening? Um, somehow these police were convinced that this black woman was the instigator this black woman was the threat needed to be handcuffed and then escorted away spend the night in jail so with any luck i'll be able to get her on the show so she can tell her story but in the meantime we don't rock with Lowe's montana uh canyon resort in tucson um and if you do then you're supporting uh racist administration racist staff and racist behavior um and i think that that very much speaks to this culture of fear that surrounds black people that is oftentimes the genesis or the nexus of these behaviors that end up being so drastic, you know, taken on by the police and ultimately criminal justice system, um, which is why this film was so important. The thing is, this film is the sort of thing that I want to make sure that we support. I want people to, to watch it. I want people to talk about it because these are things that can happen in your world on your time you know, at your comfort level, and then you can have a conversation about it with your friends. The thing is, the reason this film needs your help is because we've found that there's some people working against the way that the film's being rated. So in brief, what does that look like to you? So I'm sure you guys are familiar with the movie rating website, Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I have to, in full disclosure, admit that typically... When I'm looking to see what movie I want to see next, the Rotten Tomato score kind of gives me an idea of whether or not I'm going to invest my money and my time in seeing said film. And the Rotten Tomato scores for the movie American Skin were, were and are bad per the critics on the website. It's an incredible movie. Except the movie isn't just good. Like, oh, that was cool. The movie's amazing. So then I was confused. So I go on to Rotten Tomatoes. 13 white men reviewed this movie. No women, no minorities. Um, watch the movie, American Skin. So on Amazon Prime, iTunes, a bunch of different streaming services have it, but you have to buy it. So support this movie, see this movie. It's important and it's powerful. And then go to Rotten Tomatoes and rate it. That part. And with that said, uh, we'll get out of here. Um, so be sure to check out the website, civiccipher.com, to uh, recap this and any previous shows. Of course, you can donate. We need your donations. The show is growing all the time. There's growth opportunities. We can take advantage of them with your support, fiscal support. Um, one more time, Atlas, let everybody know how they can support you as well. Yes, sir. Um, so Atlas Hopkins, of course. Um, you can follow us first at C Philanthropy on Instagram. For sure, refer to our website at azreap.org slash C to support us with donations or anything like that. All right, y'all. And we'll see you next week right here on Civic Cypher.